Welcome to the podcast of the Sunday Celebration from the Center for Spiritual Living in Huntsville, Alabama. We hope you feel the grace, the beauty, and the love of our community as you hear the message of the week. So we enter this new year <clears throat> with a new intention. To be fully present, to be open to life and all these beautiful souls who made a New Year's resolution that are showing up. And to know that we get to make a commitment to life, to the life that we've been given. In this new year, I'm inviting us all to explore a new design for living. Not yesterday's version, but one that's mindful, one that's premised on source. As my beloved Terry Boy said today, I don't want to think about oneness, I want to experience oneness. So in oneness, everything is part of ourself. There is no separation. There is one life. And that life is God's life, because all there is is God. Now, we're not talking about a man in the sky with a naughty and nice list. We're talking about the source of all creation, and that's what we are. We are the source, we are the journey, and we are the goal, as they say in Sufism. And so the invitation is to allow this design from living for living emerge from source, not from the local self, not from the conditioned mind, but from a deep abiding sense of realization that the one who knows awakens within us in the sacred silence. Huh. And we witness it. The very first step in meditation is to witness the thoughts that arise, not to follow the thoughts, not to create thoughts out of those thoughts, not to resist the thoughts, but to observe in this beautiful field of awareness, the sacred silence that we all share, thoughts will arise from the egoic self, from the conditioned mind. And the more adept we get at witnessing them through meditation, through mindfulness practices, we then take dominion over our world. Beloved Emerson said, it's our finite self that wails and suffers. Simultaneously, there's this infinite presence that lies stretched in smiling repose at the core of all creation. And so the invitation for this new year is to discover that smile of the one, that repose that doesn't react, but that responds. My niece has a husband who's a hypochondriac, and her beautiful loving comment to him is deal with it. And as she says that, she says it with love, deal with what arises. Is it a thought pattern? And when you witness it just as a thought pattern, 
you can choose to identify with it or not. My beloved Adam reminded me that Ram Das said, everything and everyone that you encounter in your life is here for your transformation. So use them. And so in my case, my twin sister made her transition a week ago. And throughout this week, I felt her presence. And Seamus lovingly reminded me that love was never born and love never dies. And so the love is still there. And the connection at the heart soul level is still there, very deeply woven. And then we begin to see life not as a finite beginning and end thing, but as an eternal thing, that we are eternal beings, spiritual beings, and we're having a human experience on planet Earth. So this Sunday morning, we open to the vastness of our true nature, to the awake awareness of consciousness, and to the loving presence of the one. My beloved Sufi teacher said, if you only knew how much you are loved, and in that holy instant, I felt this love was so vast, so inclusive, a love that never leaves us or forsakes us. And so I invite all of us to go home Sunday morning, a place that's always there waiting for us in its vastness, in its universal nature. We are children of the universe. We are made out of star stuff and we are made out of earth. What a sacred combination. Uh, and in that playful awareness, we now open our eyes. We enter into the sacred moment. All we ever have is the moment. My nephew, he uh, is very technical like younger people are. I have my family's photos in a box. They're all black and white and brown and sitting in that box. But he digitalized everything and he put it online. And so now I get to see this history of mine, digital with all these uh, pictures from the past. And what I come to realize is that time is a construct of the mind. And when you collapse time, I find that I, I experience myself in a stroller with my twin sister and my brothers pushing us. And I feel like I'm in that stroller again because time has collapsed. And so they show me all these photos from the past and I feel like I'm, I'm still living in the past because the past doesn't really exist other than a memory. And when those memories are very um, deep and uh, soul memories, then I'm um, in a way tormented and blessed by them. It's a blessing and a curse because I can't escape it. And so I've been learning to deal with this flooding of uh, whatever it is that happens when you lose your twin sister. You don't really lose her. And then a part of you feels that she's pulling me to be with her again, because we did everything together. And I shared with some of you, I feel like she's pulling me to join her, but don't be afraid. I don't feel she's asking me to join her in death. I think what she's asking me to do is to open that space where we can still be in relationship. I know Barbara's in relationship with Paul and he made his transition many years ago. I know Joe is with Sylvia. 
you know, I just know that they're here. I know my mother is with me. So I've got to create space for my beloved twin as I navigate and allow part of her craziness to fill my life. And uh, it's something you don't uh, understand until it's thrust upon you. I know with Tess that you had to become a whole different being when she went to the other side and she's still here with you. And you know what's so crazy because you know the ones that lead the way are the, are the pets. I have so many pets that are now on the other side and they're still with me. We had New Year's Eve last night and every New Year's Eve baby spec, our female, would go crazy because of the fireworks. So Trey said to me, do you have the thunder shirt ready for baby spec? I said, Trey, she's not with us anymore, but we're so routinized by the habits of these animals and, um, and they, in, in a strange sort of way, they're still here. They're taking care of their human. I was so grateful. Wanda Gale gave me a book called Soul Contracts. And this was after Baby Speck made her transition, which was the Sunday that drew Adam to the center. I think her spirit brought him here. And in that book on soul contracts, it says, every animal that we have, we have a soul contract with. And they are here, without exception, to teach their human unconditional love. And they say, as a soul contract, even in death, they're still here with your soul. And so, the challenge for me is to stretch my perception into a realization. I'm not a finite being, I'm uh, a spiritual being, and I get to have relationships on other dimensions with spirit as it wants to uh, reveal itself in incredibly intimate ways. So that's what I'm inviting you all to enter into with me is a tantric experience with Emerson because he still lives in me and especially his passion. He's the one that said, let go of your God of the intellect, let go of your God of tradition, and let your soul be set on fire. And then he gave us a simple mantra, how to live your life. He says, be and not seem. Don't be somebody else's version of your life, be who you are. Be and not seem. He says, let us acquiesce, that means to surrender. And my Zen calendar this morning was Lao Tzu, and it says, you can have the whole world if you know how to let go. Let us acquiesce, get our bloated nothingness out of the way, the somebody that you thought you were that made you special, get your bloated nothingness out of the way, and as you do so, you connect with the divine circuits. So what that says to my soul is the divine circuits are there waiting for us to connect to this vast, infinite divine love, this deep knowing that reveals itself through the silence. That's why meditation is so powerful, because you detach from thoughts Yesterday, I shared with you the non-dual truth of James Twyman, who said, waking up to truth is like a chick breaking out of the shell of your identity. And on that shell of the identity that you and I have created are all the projections of the, the dream that we think is our life. And then when the dream falls away, anybody have the dream fall away? Oh, good. When the dream falls away, well, that's the opportunity to step out of the bubble or the shell that you've identified with up until now. Then we're free. We're free to be what spirit would have us be. Oh, I think there's an opportunity here. Jack Cornfield is a beautiful Jewish boy who went to Asia and studied with Akin Khan, a Buddhist master, and came back to teach Buddhism in the West. And uh, when he was with his teacher, Akin Khan, he would say, now when you go into meditation, you observe the mind, but you're not the mind, and if you're fortunate, you discover this sacred silence that's always there. And that's why we meditate. And then Akin Khan said to Jack Cornfield, this young Jewish boy over there, he says, and in that deep sacred silence, 
that's where you'll discover the knower, the one who knows. He called it the one who knows. Well, I think I need to get still then, don't you think, Michael? Go to that place, the vastness that we can call home. And then through lowly listening, something begins to awaken. Now that's the invitation for all of us. And so in this beautiful book, No Time Like the Present, all we ever have is present moment awareness. And the subtitle is Finding Freedom, Love, and Joy Right Where You Are. Right in the midst of a pandemic, right in the midst of a, a breakup, losing your job, having a diagnosis, right in the midst of a crazy country that doesn't know if we're going to lose our democracy, right in the midst of all this drama, you can find freedom, peace, and joy by not identifying with the outer, but by discovering this something within that is vast and free. Well, let's see how he starts the book off with one little beautiful paragraph. He says, we are being carried on a luminous star. Well, it's taken us out into the galaxies, Miss Susan. We're being carried on a luminous star, sharing in the dance of life with seven billion beings like us. Seven billion beings like us on this beautiful star in the universe. Pretty vast, don't you think? He says, vastness is our home. One little sentence, vastness is our home. When we recognize the spaciousness that is our universe around us and also within us, the door of freedom then opens. We're free of our own self-inflicted nonsense. That's our acronym for sin, by the way, self-inflicted nonsense. And if you want to go and sin no more, let go of your stinking thinking and the belief systems that would have you somehow identify as a lowly worm in the dust, born in sin because you weren't. You're born perfect as a child of the universe. Oh, boy, I think he's trying to get us to a deeper perception. Don't you think, Anastasia? Okay. When we recognize the spaciousness that is our universe around us and within us, well, then the doors of freedom open. Worries and conflicts fall into perspective. Emotions are held with ease. And we are amidst troubles of the world and we face them with peace and with dignity. We face the troubles of the world with peace and dignity. You know, there's so much going on at the end of the uh, year. And yesterday I was watching the 10 worst and the 10 best of this and the most traumatic weather incidents. And, and you see there's been an awful lot of trauma in 2022. We had a war in Ukraine. We had Russia um, invading a country. We had people rallying around the blue and yellow flag. And we were all participants in this because we're citizens of of the planet Earth, and we're citizens of the universe. And so um, the Hubble telescope, and what was the one that they just sent out at NASA? And you can see, it's just, yeah. I mean, I asked Raul to explain to me um, the, what was it, the winter solstice, and how it happens, because the Earth's rotating around the sun, and why does the day get longer? And then Raul was trying to explain to me through his Copernican sort of ways, and I realized that my mind couldn't grasp it, but I could accept that we are living on a planet in a galaxy, and that we're made out of star stuff. So he's saying that we're part of the vastness. This is how he says, we've got to get past the idea that says, I'm only a person who has to suffer with aging parents and troubles in the world. And he says, oh, no, no, no. It's part of the human journey. And as the space within us opens, well, then we can learn to trust that this is the life that we've been given at this stage. I spoke with my beloved Judy Graff, and she's going through some challenges with Hank at the 
rehabilitation center. And I reminded her how fortunate he was. Yes, he did fall down the stairs, but he didn't break anything. And he is recuperating and he has insurance and they're paying for everything. And she's getting the help that she needs. And she's even got the little thing that goes up the, the stairs to take him home. And so, and so I said, in this new year, what's required of all of us is to find a grateful heart, to be grateful for the good in our lives. Because when you're grateful, you're literally calling forth more good. And so he's trying to get us to that place too. The one who knows. There is a, when you go into silence, you'll find a spacious heart. And in that spacious heart, we remember the bigger picture. As your spacious heart opens, you can rediscover this vast perspective you'd almost forgotten was there. He shares as a young monk, he was sitting with a young woman. She was 31 years old and she was dying of cancer. And he was holding her hand and speaking from that spacious heart to her, saying your finite life is coming to an end, but your eternal life is just opening up. And so he says, with so much love, I hospiced her into that next dimension that she was waiting for. So he goes on to say, your spacious mind is the natural awareness that knows and accommodates everything. Your spacious mind, not the local mind, but the spacious mind. Whoa, could we stretch it a little bit bigger, Miss Sylvia? It's not my mind. It's God's mind. You know, Shakespeare said there is no good or bad, but thinking makes it so. So sometimes when you go through real challenges in life that seem to be unbearable, those are the openings for the transformation that we get to use. The one who knows. So he says, pay attention to the movie that's showing in your life right now. <laughs> Notice the plot. Well, you know this is a dream that we're living. Life is but a dream. So you get to row, row, row your boat, not somebody else's down the stream, not up the stream, because life is a dream. So he's saying, witness the dream that you're living in the movie of your life. This is a Buddhist guy. Pay attention to the movie that's showing up in your life right now. Notice the plot. Is it a breezy comedy, Miss Nancy? Or is it a melodramatic, he done me wrong kind of thing? You know, We get to see what kind of plot we're conjuring up in our belief system. It might be an adventure and it might be a tragedy. It might be a romance. It might be a soap opera or it could be a battle. All the world's a stage. He's quoting Shakespeare again. Sometimes we get caught up in the plot, but remember, you are also the audience. Well, that's that witness self, Mr. Adam. So he says, take a breath. When you observe the life that you've created or the life that you seem to be living, if this isn't the life that you want to endure, you can step out of it. I am safe, it's only change. And at the end of the service today, I'm going to do a beautiful blessing of John O'Donohue's for us to embrace the change of our soul that wants the new beginning. Well, if you're ready to step into the new, Miss Susan, you can always keep holding on to the past. Take a breath, look around, and become a witness to it all. From the spacious awareness and from the one who knows. The knower within. Isn't that kind of fun? There is a knower within. So many people, religious science ministers, when they do a treatment, they always say, this is what I know. Not this is what I think, and this is what I know that all there is is love. Tia did a beautiful uh, treatment this morning in our revealing service. And what I love about her treatments is she just falls into the beloved and she really doesn't do the treatment. The beloved kind of spills through her and the beloved just reflects and reflects and reflects through the love that she is. So he says, rest in this spacious awareness and feel the presence of love. Well, maybe we should just stop and do that. Rest in this spacious awareness and feel the presence of love. And I invite you 
in this new year to make a commitment to the presence of love. You know, we, we commit to another person, I marry you, da, 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 forsaking all that. No, no. Marry the one. Marry the presence of love. Well, I belong to divine love, Anastasia. That's kind of a big thing. I think Pepper's there with me. What do you think? Anyway, rest in spacious awareness and feel the presence of love. The one who knows becomes the loving witness for all things. You're not witnessing it anymore. The beloved's witnessing it and saying, am I going to choose to react? And the beloved says, no, let's be gentle. Adam is getting there. The freedom of this loving awareness is available. It just takes practice for you to remember it and to trust that it's always here. It's always already here. It's not something you're going to achieve someday when I'll. No, it's already there. Come home, Michelle. So glad to see you again, that beautiful smile of your face. When you feel lost or stuck in a tiny part of a big picture, contracted or caught up, simply take a breath and visualize yourself stepping back into the source that you are, the source of love, the awake awareness. Just step back, take a breath. You mean all we have to do is take a breath, Michelle? I think so. And you know what breath is a symbol of spirit. So you're stepping into spirit, you take a breath, you let go of whatever narrative the story has conjured up, yet another narrative, and you're free. With this spacious mind, you can witness even the contracted states and you hold them in your loving awareness. So feel the vastness of the sky and the space that holds the moon and the planets and the galaxies and let your mind and heart become the space all around you and breathe into your heart and observe the clouds floating in an endless sky and then just become the sky. He's using a metaphor. Remember, Jesus said, I speak and they do not hear. So when you use a metaphor, you can step out of the idea of you as something separate, like a cloud in the sky and go, oh my God, I'm the sky itself. Well, that's kind of special, isn't it? Then I'm looking out at little, little aspects of the sky, but you're really all the one life. You're really all the source. And we're interspiriting and we're inner journeying as we all go home to this place that's already always there waiting for us stretched and smiling repose and sometimes it's the fire that's going to ignite something in your soul and it's going to shake you loose from the stagnant ways of yesterday those false senses of security you know the spirit wants to be free it wants to express it wants to reveal and if when you open to that spacious place it wants to shake you loose well then so be it you know when i when i find myself vulnerable i pull out my uh, Jeff Foster, because Jeff Foster is a non-dual teacher who stresses that it's in the darkness, it's in the vulnerability, it's in the wound that we find the healing. And so when you make a commitment to this vastness we call home, he says you're making a commitment to this unconditional loving presence that's always there, especially in those moments of grief, of sadness, of falling apart, because something is coming together. So when we talk about wholeness as our true nature, you experience the wholeness in the broken parts. So let me just, you can hear his soul in his words. They're so sacred. He says this, um, our desires will wax and wane. Our dreams are born and then they die in every moment. The forms are always shifting like the tides on the ocean. So let's make this new year a deeper commitment, he says one that cannot be broken or lost at all. Make a commitment to love itself. 
you know, this is the beautiful thing that Seamus did a treatment for last Sunday when my twin had passed. He treated to know that love endures. And so Jeff Foster's saying, make a commitment to love itself. Make a commitment to presence. Make a commitment to meeting in the here and now, because that's all we ever have. Make a commitment to bringing and showing all of ourselves to the world, not hiding behind some kind of mask that we wear because we don't feel that our soul can be revealed in its fullness. He says, stop hiding behind your mask. And he says, commit to telling the truth today, knowing that our truth may change tomorrow. That's right out of Emerson. He says, I speak my truth today, knowing that it could easily change tomorrow because our belief systems change. You know, you once thought a certain way, now you don't think that way. And so he's saying, be open to all of that. Make a commitment to listening to each other and to bowing before each other's experience, even if our hearts are broken and tender, even if we trigger the deepest pain in one another, the most profound disappointment or the strongest urges and longings, could we be present with one another? I was sharing with Adam, I watched this thing on CNN last night about the Civil War, and it's about the perception of white Southerners is that it had nothing to do with slavery. It had to do with the North invading the South. And so I was witnessing these two different levels of consciousness, trying to find a common thread where we can heal around this, but we can't heal if we're stuck in our opinions and our judgments, that so-and-so is bad and so-and-so is good. So he's inviting us to build a bridge of communication. He says, let us commit to meeting our own pain. And then we have the courage to meet the other's pain. He says, make a commitment to love as a field of energy. And then he goes to say, not to a form. We tend to project love onto the form and then we want to possess the form and we want to have expectations of the form. And we have resistances when the form doesn't respond that we want. He says, no, 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 make a commitment to love, not as form, not as object, but as subjective love. Well, I think that's the divine love. What do you think, Miss Mary? There's the big love or the big B in the big L. Let us commit to this field and remember the field in every moment of our precious days here on earth and devote ourselves to the held and the eternal now. We're going to have a temporary thing here on earth. You know, we all have an expiration date, but who we are doesn't. And so could we make a commitment to know ourselves at that, that vast eternal something that is awakening within time and space and it wants to love unconditionally all of itself because it's all you. There's no separation. Lastly, he says, when our eyes are open, when we are awake, we live very close to life, very close to death. Life and death are two sides of the same coin. And then you say, well, what was never born and what never dies? That's really what we are. So he's saying, yeah, with our eyes open, when we are awake, we live very close to life and very close to death and very close to insecurity and very close to loss. But this is where we find such great aliveness on the edge of everything. Where everything is always new and where we are constantly surprised by ourselves and by each other. He says this results in a tremendous sense of being alive, to be fully alive. Yeah. You know, I love to quote the Bible. It says, this is the life the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. We've been given this temporary phenomena, phenomena called life. We've been given a beautiful mind. How are we using that mind of ours? Are we filling it with lots of information and lots of knowledge? Or are we going into that deep, empty place underneath all the thoughts 
and finding that sacred silence where the one who knows abides. The invitation is always there to make a deeper commitment on your journey to nowhere and to now here. So here you all in the new year with a new design for living and what's it gonna look like? Are you gonna create the same old life that you've always created? Or are you going to step into something that is calling you to a greater sense of service, a greater sense of belonging, a greater sense of inclusivity and compassion? You know, it has to start with ourselves. I told beloved Judy this morning, and I, I hope you'll all give her a call and let her know that she's loved and supported. I said, you know, you can take care of another so long, but you can't do that until you take care of yourself. You know, this young man that's in prison wrote me a long letter from the prison cell, and we had spoken, and he sends his love to all of you here. He feels like you're his spiritual home. And I said to him, I said, you know, you can either see this as a punishment or you can see this as an opportunity to have sacred space and spiritual practice. And he's choosing the latter. And he says, I'm writing in my, my cell every day. And he says, all the feelings and all the thoughts are coming up. And he talked about, I'm, he said, I'm writing sermons in my cell and I'm writing sermons about learning to forgive everyone, especially those who we feel have harmed us. But most importantly, he said, I have to learn to forgive myself because I can't forgive another until I forgive myself. And so he said, if you choose to write me, he said, um, and so I wrote him a letter and I said, keep holding to that beautiful place of peace. And, um, and I sent him all your love and uh, because we're all connected and his heart reached out to my heart, you know, and I said, this is a sacred time for you, my friend. This is a sacred time. It's all perception. You know, how are we approaching it? So um, at the end of the year, a lot of people do what they call a burning bowl ceremony and they release everything that they need to let go of in the last year. And then they said that what that does is that creates a space for something new to come in. And so there was a beautiful singer from Los Angeles named Ricky Byers. And she wrote a song that became almost sung throughout all our churches in this Centers for Spiritual Living at the end of the year. And that song was basically, I release and I let go. I let spirit run my life and my heart is open wide, and I'm only here for God. No more trouble, no more strife. With my faith, I see the light. I am free in the spirit. Yes, I'm only here for God. So I'm gonna say that and invite you to say that with me. I release and I let go. I let spirit run my life. What is the next line? Yes. I'm only here for God. No more struggle. No more strife. With my faith, I see the light. I am free in the spirit. Yes, I'm only here for God. Do you feel a little bit lighter? You release, you let go. You let go of the struggle. You let go of the strife. And you're free in the spirit. You're free in that vast, empty space that only knows oneness. And the knower wakes up within you, Terry boy, when it's ready, you can't make it happen. As they say in Sufism, all your efforts won't get you to the first way station. So it's not about you efforting. It's about opening and surrendering and trusting and allowing that which is already there. And you know, there's one word in Sufism, it's the word kun. And the word kun means be. We're here to just be, to just be. We're human beings, not human doings, even though the doing comes from the being. So who are you being? Are you being your authentic self? 
in this month of January, I'm going to do this exploration on the new design for living, culminating in the last talk of the month is discovering your authentic soul. In, in Gary Zukav's beautiful book, Seed of the Soul, he says we're here to move from the five sensory being who thinks of everything as outer and inner and reacts to the whole thing to move from the five sensory being to the authentic soul expression. Now imagine your life at whatever stage you are be, to be living from this eternal soul. Doesn't it sound delicious? To no more be wanting people's approval, to not put yourself in debt to the world, but to the universe. The universe owes you everything. It owes you your realization of truth. There's this bigger something that wants to happen in all of us, Mr. Mark, in the sunglasses looking like a movie star in the back of the room. Hey, behind the mask of the man with the sunglasses, there's an authentic soul wanting to sparkle. Yeah. So let me give you a little sparkling John O'Donohue as a blessing for the new year. And I want you to take it as I will take it. This is a blessing for a new beginning in a new year. And it's coming from within your soul. Well, I want you to feel it. And when you feel it, it's real. It's not a concept of the mind. It's a felt realization of truth. And this saintly man lives in me too. I got more on the other side than I got on this side. Anyway, this is his beautiful blessing for a new beginning. In the out-of-the-way places of your heart, where your thoughts never think to wander, this beginning has been quietly forming, waiting until you were ready to emerge. For a long time, it has watched your desire, feeling the emptiness growing inside you, noticing how you willed yourself on, still unable to leave what you had outgrown. Watched you play with the seduction of safety and the gray promises that sameness whispered. Heard the waves of turmoil rise and relent and wondered, would you always love like this? Then the delight when your courage kindled and out you stepped onto new ground, your eyes young again with energy and dream, a path of plentitude opening before you. Though your destination is not yet clear, you can trust the, pro you can trust the promise of this opening. Unfurl yourselves, beloveds, into the grace of beginning that is at one with your life's desire. Awaken your spirit to adventure, holding nothing back, learning to find ease in risk. Soon you will be home in a new rhythm, for your soul senses the world that awaits you. Soon you will be home in a new design for living and a new rhythm, for your soul senses the world that awaits you. Your soul senses the world that awaits you. So let's, uh, Raul, you want to ring the bell? Uh, the new beginning is always waiting for us to take that initial step. The Sufis say you take one step toward God and God comes running toward you. It's again a metaphor.
So we take a conscious breath and we exhale. Another deep conscious breath. And we rest in that presence that we've been speaking about. We rest in that divine love that flows through our open heart. And as we move into the observer self, we realize that we don't possess this love, but we open to it and we allow it. Emerson spoke about the Orphic voice that would speak through him. Krishnamurti said, in oneself lies the whole world. And if we know how to look and to learn, well, then the door is there and the key is in our hand. But no one gives us the key or the door to open except ourselves. And so we've shown up with intention this Sunday morning to go within and to discover the one who waits, stretched in smiling repose for our attention for our interest, for our curiosity, for our willingness to allow, to trust, and to reveal the imprisoned splendor that is always there. Huh. And I hear John O'Donohue again. May all that is unlived in you blossom in your future, graced in love. So we invite that beautiful dream of the soul that only seeks to express and reveal itself, to find within us a willing outlet for its expression. My only prayer that I seem to be saying is, beloved, this life belongs to you. Do with it as you will. And in that invitation to this awakened, loving presence, I get to trust. Feel that embrace, feel that expanded awareness. Not something that you possess, but something that you access, that we all access. The Bible calls it a peace that passes all understanding. You can't figure it out with your head, but you can enter into it. It's the peace of acceptance, the deepest acceptance of life just as it is. Huh. And then we deal with it. We deal with what life brings us not in a way that feels we have to fix it or somehow make the right decision, but we deal with it in an open-hearted, loving, accepting, grateful way. And then we find the grace in every single thing. This too is good. This too is for God. And I demand to see the blessing. Uh, so we've set our intention in 2023 on January 1st to experience the vastness as our home and to open to source and to listen with curiosity and interest as this knower within us leads the way and we trust it. Feeling that trust get stronger and stronger, I invite you to place your hands on your heart. And make this commitment to the one within yourself and the one all around you 
to witness it, to celebrate it, and to reveal it. And to this divine loving presence, let's say the heart salutation by saying, I honor you. I respect you. I love you. You are the emerging presence of the one shining in the world, revealing your inner truth with grace and ease. We celebrate your presence and we offer you this life for your expression, for your revelation, and for your realization. We are deeply, deeply grateful for this sacred experience that we bow to, knowing all is well all the time. And we smile. We open our eyes and we look around at our own self. Now open your hands, send the light out into the world. You are instruments of grace and light and love. And don't ever forget that. It's a new year. Go out and love somebody. Thank you for showing up. New class sign up is out there. I'll be Wednesday. And uh, any other messages, beloved Adam? No? Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to our podcast. More information, please visit www.cslhuntsville.org.